Somebody said the difference between preaching and teaching is like that of plowing and flying an airplane. In preaching a sermon, he said it's like flying an airplane. You've got to some way get it up, uh, get airborne, and then you've got to find a place to land. Well, some of mine, I don't think I ever did get off the ground <laughs> and maybe crash-landed. <laughs> Praise God. But that teaching is like plowing a field. You just sort of hook up and unhook. And uh, you, I plowed horses and mules back in Oklahoma. And we'd come to the end of the day and we'd just unhook and take Nig and Coley and maybe Bob and Dan to the barn. And then the next day we'd just harness them up and go and hook up and start off again. Praise God. Well, I've sort of been on that style of teaching for several years. We just sort of look at an epistle, and we'd begin at chapter 1, verse 1, and maybe for a year, year and a half, that we'd be just hooking and unhooking. Praise God, till we went through that epistle. Praise God. I feel the Holy Ghost here today. So many, many wonderful things about God. Some years ago, I went to church to pray and study. It was just sort of a, just a mode of my life. Mommy worked, and the boys went to school. And I'd uh, sort of clean up the breakfast table and put the dishes in the dishwasher, and I'd get to church maybe at 8.30 or 9, and I'd study and pray till 11.30 or 12 and go get a little something for lunch and take a nap and come back and go at it again till 3.30 or 4. Praise God. But one day I was in the church and I backed up against the wall and nobody there but God and myself and I suppose the devil was somewhere. I wasn't interested in him or anything he had to say and I searched my heart and I couldn't find anything about God that I did not love. I loved his presence, loved his blessing. I loved his word, I loved his name, I loved his people. My God, what we have going for us. <laughs> Hallelujah. And then to sit at the feet of men like Brother Barnes and Brother Price and hear great men of God that are here today, I feel so very, very small. Coming from such a humble background and so no formal training and so limited. But thank God the Holy Ghost helps us out. Praise God. I feel this morning that one of the highest honors that God has ever uh, bestowed upon me is the privilege to be associated with men that preach this glorious gospel. Blessed God. And in every one of our lives, there are milestones and there are special occasions and things that are sort of monuments, milestones, memorials. may not mean much of anything to somebody else, but it's special to you. And I'm saying all that to preface our lesson today. The lesson that I feel to teach this morning has a special place in my life. Uh, about four years ago, I thought my time had come. I had Bell's palsy. I woke up on the 4th of July, and I went into the bathroom, and I saw my 
face, my mouth was drawn, I couldn't close my left eye, my speech was slurred, very just terribly sick. I told my wife, I said, I think I've had a stroke, and she liked to jump out completely out of the bed, and uh doctor checked me and said I had Bell's palsy, and, and I was so sick they had to help me out of bed and into bed. My son and one of the men from the church come to see me one day, and I said, dying is mine. I reached out to embrace it. I only wanted to die with dignity. There is a dignity of being a man. I wasn't, and I told God in my sickness, I said, God, I'm not going to hassle you to stay here. I told him that. I wasn't going to cry and squall and bawl and beg. If that was his will, I was just reaching out to accept it and to embrace it. They sent me to a specialist in Reading and hospitalized me there to check me for possible brain tumor. And on my way, my wife driving me that day, I gave her some farewell things. That if I did not come back, a few little things I wanted her to take care of. The nurses knew what they were looking for, and I knew the score. If I had it, I had some serious problems. And uh, they would sort of talk to me, and I told one of them one day she was taking me for the brain scam or the brain wave or whatever they call it, that I have resolved myself to any and all eventualities. I had to be helped in bed and out of bed and laid sick for days, at least five weeks that I never even stepped on the platform. Praise God. But in the course of my convalescence, that I knew if this situation in my mouth did not change, if God did not heal it, that my preaching days was over. But laying in the bed, the Word of God began to come to me with clarity, with a concept, seemingly in a way that I had never quite got a hold of it. And I felt that that was God's way of telling me that I was going to preach again. Dear God, I'm thankful to be here today. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. And this lesson that we would like to share with you today was one of those that came to me during that time when God would some way bring his word to me. I come to understand more vividly what the prophet meant when he said the word of the Lord came unto Jeremiah or the word of the Lord came unto Ezekiel. Laying there in my bed of convalescence, the word of the Lord began to come to Brother Muncy. Hallelujah. Praise God. Don't you love him? Hallelujah. 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 I just kind of feel God's going to let me hang around a little while. <laughs> Hallelujah. If it's his will, I want him to. <laughs> I got some more preaching I want to do. 
I, I've not done all the digging in this book that I want to do. I, I got some more digging I want to do. Hallelujah. I'll read a passage of Scripture, and then I'll let you be seated. In Romans chapter 14, we will read verse 17 and 18. Very familiar passage of Scripture. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. For he that in these things serveth Christ is acceptable to God and approved of men. I want to read verse 18 again. For he that in these things, that is he that in righteousness and in peace and in the joy of the Holy Ghost, Serveth Christ is acceptable to God and approved of men. Could we love him one more time? Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. All right, you may be seated this morning. After a while this morning, I want to speak on the subject of the acceptable service. The service that is acceptable. The service that God will accept. The service that God will place His divine benediction, His divine approbation, his divine favor, His divine approval upon. Praise God. I'd like to also read in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 12 and 13. Now if any man builds upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, or stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire. And the fire shall try every man's work, every man's labor, every man's service, of what sort it is. Praise God. God has a lot to say in His Word about being accepted. Notice what the apostle said in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 9 to 11. Wherefore we labor, that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him. For we all must appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body, according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. He told us in another place, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Praise God. In his letter to the Hebrews, he said, Wherefore, seeing that we are receiving a kingdom which shall never be moved, 
Let us have reverence. Let us have regard. Let us have respect that we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. Oh, you need to understand what you are in this morning, saints. Praise God. Hallelujah. You're in something that's going to last forever. Hallelujah. You're in something that's not about to fold up. It's about to go up. It's on a rock. It's not going down. It's not going to fold up. It's not going to fall apart. Praise God. We're in that church of the living God that he chose before the foundation of the world. And he's going to present it unto himself one of these days without spot and blemish. But understanding that we are a part of that, that will go on forever. God, some way, give us that holy reverence, that holy respect, that holy regard for God, his house, his word, his law, his presence, his spirit, his people. Praise God that we can serve him in a manner and a way. That is acceptable. Praise God. Everybody said praise the Lord. Paul said that he served the Lord with all humility of mind and many tears. We're told to be fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Some folks in these last days, you might as well tell a snail to be quick as to tell them to be fervent in spirit and instant in prayer. Praise God. Now, you see, God wants somebody that's burning. He wants somebody that's excited, somebody that's enthused, somebody that's glad about it all. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before him with singing. Make a happy noise. Make a joyful noise. Enter into his gates of praise. Don't you pick it up? My God, somebody touch our minds. Get the cobwebs out. Praise God. Whatever your hands find to do, do it with all of your might. Energetically, enthusiastically. <laughs> In Psalm 69, he mentions about his prayer being acceptable. Praise God. He mentions about let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable unto the O Lord my strength, and my Redeemer. Praise God. Oh, a lot of times we don't think much about the musings and the meditations of our heart. Now, the way that some folks talk and live and act, it's just uh, uh, evident they don't seem to think much about their words. You see, God wants what we say, what we think about, how we live, what we do, how we pray, how we serve. Our work, our labor, our service.
service to all be acceptable to him. Praise God. You see, the apostle here, whether we labor or whether we're present or absent, uh, we're laboring to be accepted of him. The apostle Paul believed in the future. Uh, he believed in an eternity. He believed in a judgment of rewards as well as a white throne of judgment. Uh, do you understand today, saint of God, that one day God is going to scrutinize all of your service and all of your work and all of your labor? Do you understand this morning, preacher brother, that God is going to scrutinize your ministry and try your work and your labor as by fire? In large companies and corporations in this world, they rate employees. Sometimes when you're hired, they, you are made to understand. Maybe you've got three weeks, 21 days, or a month to bring your performance up to a certain grade, a certain level. And if you do not, you are terminated. Your rating is below the minimum level of being accepted. Praise God. God rates some folks like gold, some folks like silver, some folks like precious stones, and some folks' service like wood, hay, and trash. I don't want to sound offensive, but I've had a few folks across my path and my pastorate that I decided... They were little more than kindling wood for hell. No principle, no character, no integrity, no fidelity, no loyalty, no spirituality, no burden. Couldn't depend on them, couldn't count on them, couldn't rely on them. Unfaithful, unstable, inconsistent. You had better consider what you're building on. We're building on a foundation that cannot be removed. But we might be building a life of nothing more than trash, wood, hay, and stubble. Hallelujah. Our God, I feel it today. Oh, hallelujah. Kurt Strager, you can't make it. God will not accept that kind of trashy living. Carnal-minded man or woman, you, you, you can't, God will not accept that kind of service. They that are in the flesh cannot please God. To be carnally-minded is death. It's enmity against God. They that are in the flesh cannot please God. If you live after the flesh, you're going to die. God's a spiritual God. He gave us a spiritual experience. He told us to walk in that spirit. I were to pray in that spirit. I were to build ourselves up in that spirit. We're to be led by that spirit. We're to mind the things of that spirit. We're to worship God in that spirit. You cannot perfect in the flesh what you began in the spirit. I got miles, figuratively speaking, to go today. The word acceptable, it speaks of harmony, having come to agreement, how can two walk together except they be agreed? 
I just relished what Brother Barnes said last night, that he just run with Jesus. I, I had never heard it expressed just like that. But I've been musing and meditating. Somebody said meditation is like chewing the cud, so I've been chewing the cud on that uh, since early this morning. I'm going to go home and work on that. I, I want to take some of those journeys down by the Sea of Galilee. I, I want to go with him to the tomb of Lazarus. I, I'd like to walk with him up Calvary again. I, I, I want to hobnob these next few days with him. Praise God, I'd like to rub elbows. The book said you're known by your company. Hallelujah. They recognized Peter and John, ignorant and unlearned men, fishermen, but took counsel. They have been with Jesus. It seems like they've kind of been running with Jesus for the last few days. Hallelujah. Praise God. If you've got to be pumped and primed and petted and babied to get out of bed to get to Sunday school, uh, you're going to miss the rapture. Uh, that kind of living is not acceptable. My God, you're negligent about paying tithes and giving offerings. Uh, that kind of service is too flimsy, uh, too flip-shod, uh, too haphazard. Uh, it's not acceptable. Troublemakers and rabble-rousers that hang around the church, a gossip and backbite, uh, that kind of flimsy, stinking junk, God will not accept. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> this word means having accepted the terms, having accepted the conditions. Uh, it denotes a willingness, having consented to, if you be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land. I mentioned yesterday about Enoch. Walked with God 300 years. It just seemed like that God and Enoch got along all right. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. Uh, whatever God said was okay with Enoch. Praise God. I'm glad I can say this morning, whatever the Word of God says is all right with me. I got no qualms about it. I, I, I'm happy with it. Praise God. Uh, if it's tithes and offerings, that's all right. Speaking in tongues, that's all right. A water baptism in Jesus' name, that's all right. Obeying the man of God, that's all right. A living holy, that's all right. Acts 238, that's all right. Yeah, I accept that, God. I'll sign the contract. I'm in harmony. I'm in accord. I agree on that. That's all right. The service that's acceptable. You, you can't serve God unless that you come to the terms of acceptance. We've got these poor, miserable folks that are going around here telling us, join the church of your choice. God bless the good district they Furnished six or months in a nice motel room over here. And a little old something up on the door said, go to the church of your choice. I'm going to tell you this morning, you ain't got no choice. You had better go to the church of his choice. (laughs) 
You better look up the one that he chose before the stars ever shone, before the world was ever made. And you better go to that one. And he's not going to accept any of these other ponies. Praise God. God's got a real church, and he's not accepting any counterfeits. He was going to have somebody that would uh, just do it because he said do it. That would believe it because he said it. Uh, that would accept it because he said it. Wouldn't snarl their nose up at it. Wouldn't get mad about it. Nope, can't, can't buy that. No, he said the bride would be willing. It's going to be a willing. Hallelujah. Praise God. You meet folks that maybe you, you kind of ask them a favor and they sort of hem and they haw and uh, that's Oklahoma language, whatever that is. They'll stutter and stammer. They'll kind of, uh, well, I guess maybe so. Well, I'll talk to the wife about it or something. And, and you know down on the heart they're really not willing. And, and so uh, let, let's just forget it. Maybe I, I can make it some other way. Praise God. But God wants somebody that's got a heart response. Oh, that's willing, that's obedient, that's glad. Hallelujah, that accepts, that comes to terms. Oh, God, I will. You see, some folks want to go to a holy heaven, but don't want to live holy. Some folks want to be accepted by a faithful God, but don't want to live faithful. Hallelujah. Uh, some folks want all the friends' benefits and the blessings of the church, but don't want to carry the burden of the church. You know what that is? That's spiritual freeloading. Want to eat and sleep and hang around the house, but don't want to pay any grocery bill. Don't want to help pay the rent. Don't want to help support it. Want to kind of pull a ride and ride to work, but don't want to chip in on the gas. Praise God. I might as well to tell you, uh, you can't serve God sitting around his church uh, uh, spiritually freeloading. My God, you're going to have to learn how to pay your way some way or another. You don't have any money to give, carry a burden. I give with a program. I get under the load of the Spirit. I get behind the man of God. Hold, hold up his hands. Help pray the power down. Show a good spirit. Show a good attitude. Serve God acceptably. And you see, these, whole, these folks, their whole concept of Christian service is out of focus the church of their choice, but reject the church of his choice. We got these folks going around saying, just accept Christ as personal Savior. Somebody accepted Christ. Just raise your hand and make a decision. Understand they got drive-in churches now, you just kind of toot your horn and blink your lights. Somebody reads some kind of a little sermon, a little prayer from a prayer book somewhere, and everybody that wants to make a decision for Christ just toot your horn and blink your lights. I might as well tell you this morning, I never read that in God's Word, that if you want to get saved, blow your horn or, or, or blink your lights. 
I did say report said you gotta repent. You gotta be baptized. You gotta be born again. You gotta live holy. You gotta be faithful. You gotta be good. board or you sort of take some and leave some sort of cafeteria style well you can tell by looking at me I like them joints <laughs> but if you are familiar and I'm sure some of you are some of you got the same kind of problem I got they got all a big bunch of salads and I kind of learned I kind of passed by a lot of that because there's some fish and chicken down there that I like better than <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, here's a lot of folks wanting to accept Christ cafeteria style. You cannot accept Christ and reject baptism in Jesus' name. You cannot accept Christ and reject the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues. You cannot accept Christ and reject His Word. And so who, whoever coined that little phrase except Christ, I did not understand or know of what they were talking about. It don't come that way. Uh, when you accept Christ, you accept everything that he said, uh, everything that he is, uh, everything that he wills. And if you don't, he don't accept you. So this ex service, it has to be acceptable. Uh, or a person who have a false concept. It would be sort of like a fellow that would want all the benefits and all the privilege of marriage, but not wanting the obligation and the responsibilities. And we've got a lot of that kind of junk going on these days. They just kind of want to get together. I better hurry up and get off of that. All the benefits and all everything, but skip out on the bills and the raising the youngins. No woman with any sense would put up with a fellow like that. Praise God. I might as well tell you today, God ain't going to put up with a bunch of freeloaders hanging around his house that won't pay tithes, that won't support the work of God, that won't back the man of God, that won't live the life, that won't obey the standard. Try to base your hopes on heaven. Such a flimsy kind of an experience, kind of like a fellow running on a foul ball. He may run all around the field, may hit all the bases, slide into home. Umpire says it's a foul ball. You, you, you're wasting your time. Praise God. Oh, one of these days when you and I stand there out for that judgment seat of Christ for our rewards. And he puts Lee J. Muncy's, my ministry, my labor, my prayer, my study, and my everything about me into the fire. I, I want it to come out intact on the other side. I said yesterday, I hope I don't cross your theology. So I hope I don't this morning. The Bible said that he's a rewarder. 
of them that diligently seek him. The judgment seat of Christ is a judgment for rewards, for service, for labor. There are some different, five different crowns, crown of life, crown of righteousness, crown of rejoicing. Praise God. Hallelujah. That God is going to reward. I don't know about you, but maybe you're going to wear one up here and one over there and one over here. I, 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 that's not my concept. Everybody said, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Our little fellows here won a few trophies last night, but I'm not going to go around carrying my trophy before I go. Hallelujah. Praise God. But you see, our good God recognizes service. He recognizes labor. I have been to a few graduation commencement exercises. Some won scholarships, some won honors. All of those that graduated got diplomas, but some got special recognition, special honors. And I believe that judgment seat, everybody there uh, has passed the test to be saved. But God has got some honors and some rewards and some trophies. I God, and they're going to be worth receiving. Hallelujah. All right. He said, wherefore we labor, whether present or absent, that we may be accepted of him. I'd like for you to notice that he goes from one end of the spectrum here to the other. Present, absent, living, dying, sickness, and health, prosperity, Adversity, big church, little church, pastoring, evangelizing, janitoring, teaching a class. Uh, whatever that you're doing, whatever sphere of service you feel, that God let this be acceptable. Did you know the Bible said, let nothing be done, let nothing, let no thing be done through strife and vain glory, God will not accept any kind of labor, any kind of work, any kind of service that's done despite, that's done with a sorry attitude, that's done in an unwilling way. Somebody puffed up with a fleshly mind to put somebody else in a bad light, show somebody else up. God will not have that. You better not come down to a peanut brittle session of the ladies' auxiliary. Mad because Sister Brown didn't show up and left it with all of us. She'd give us a shaft today. Hallelujah. Listen to Brother Dias some years ago and telling about they were building a church, I think, down in Mississippi somewhere. Saturday morning had all lined up for men to come and help on the building. He was down there bright and early. They were be down there real early, going to get a good day in. Car went by and honked the horn. Fishing poles all tied on the side. <laughs> Praise God, heading down to the river or somewhere for fishing. He said he pulled off the carpenter's apron and kind of foot in the floor. I ain't going to build that bunch of rebels a church. But he said there was a voice that spoke to him and said, you're not building this for them. Hallelujah. He that in righteousness and he that in peace and he that in joy and the Holy Ghost serves Christ is accepted. You're not doing this just for somebody 
or some pastor. Uh, you're doing this for the King of Kings uh, and the Lord of Lords. I got some way sanctify us in our concept about what we're doing and why we're doing and who we're doing it unto. I got it here somewhere in my notes. There were slaves. There were servants in that early first century church. Some masters and servants sat in the same congregation. Praise God. We got these fellows preaching this social gospel about all these social injustices and all that stuff. Uh, there was never any kind of that junk preached in the Bible. Praise God. They didn't try uh, to change the political structure. They tried to change men's hearts and get them ready to get out of here. You know what he said? Servants, be obedient unto your masters, not purloining, not stealing, and all, not replying, and all of these things. For you serve the Lord Christ. And whatsoever you do, whatsoever you do, do it heartedly. Could you say heartedly? Heartedly as unto the Lord. My God, if a servant served his master heartily for in doing so, he said, you serve the Lord Christ. Praise God. Every time that we stand to testify, we ought to do it heartily as unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. I wonder how your testimony would be if Jesus stood here behind the podium and said, everyone that would like to testify to me this morning, would you stand? And, and all over the house, and you just testified unto the Lord. I'll tell you, our testimony would have a different ring. Hallelujah. I'd like to say, Jesus, I thank you for Calvary. I thank you, Lord, that you gave me the Holy Ghost. There's no doubt that some of our shortcomings as we stood are some of our sorry attitudes, are some of our slothfulness, and some of our laziness. Lord, I want you to help me to do better. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But if the one that lived, that loved, that atoned, that was buried, that arose, that ascended, that reigned, that's coming back, I walked down the aisle passing the offering basket. I kind of think we might dig a little deeper by doing it under the Lord. This word labor here, it's the Greek word for ambition. You see, Paul said that we labor. We have holy ambition. It's my ambition that whether I'm living or dying, whether I'm present or absent, whether I'm on the top of the thing or, or whether I'm down at the bottom of the ladder, just whatever the situation, the circumstance is, it, it, it's my ambition, it's my desire that I be accepted. I love that Philippian epistle. He said there that according to my earnest expectation and my hope that in nothing that I will be ashamed but that Christ will be magnified in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Oh, hallelujah. You've you, you got to understand that he's not setting 
uh, in a plush uh, 80 or 90 or $100,000 home uh, with music taped to all the rooms or, uh, and with an intercom system and with air conditioning and a beautiful uh, den and a fireplace and, and lovely conveniences and plush carpet and a Cadillac out in the garage. No, no, he's chained in a prison cell. Uh, his life hangs by a thread. Uh, the next man that comes may be taking him to the top block. And he says, it's my desire. It's my expectation. Uh, it's my hope that I'll not be ashamed. The service that is acceptable. He said that he wanted to be able to rejoice in the day of Christ that he had not run in vain or had labored in vain. He said that he kept his body and brought it under subjection, lest by any means that after he had preached to others, he himself would be a castaway. Praise God. Let me say this this morning, that we can't go through life living selfishly, living recklessly, living indifferent and unconcerned of the lost and the needs of this world around us. You, you, you can't be slipshod and straggle along the church and expect one day to come to the end of your journey. You walk into the presence of Christ and have him to place his approbation and approval upon you. Everybody said praise the Lord. Praise God. You just can't toss God some kind of a little religious thought on Sunday morning and then forget him all the rest of the week. I hear of folks in Pentecost that are Sunday nighters. Sunday morningers or maybe Sunday morning and Sunday night and miss all the rest. Oh, there's going to be a time that our record's going to be read. It's going to be scrutinized. This beautiful letter that he writes to Philippians has a beautiful story behind it. They have heard that Paul is in Rome in prison. They were the only church that communicated with him concerning giving and receiving. And once and again, they sent to his necessity. Now then, they've heard that he's in prison at Rome. And true to their tradition, they make up this little love offering. And Epaphroditus, one of the young preachers, says, let me take that. I thought a lot about it. Let me kind of modernize it and put it in 20, 20th century terminology. Maybe Sister Lydia and the ladies auxiliary some peanut brittle, chocolate chip cookies. Maybe the jailer got the brethren together and maybe some under garments and some socks and shirts and a few things, maybe some pens and ink and parchment. And, and he goes all that distance of some 700 miles, exposure gets there nearly dead. And Paul opens it and said it's got the fragrance of a sweet smell, the odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable that's well-pleasing to God. It was love that motivated it. I want to tell you today, the service that's not motivated by love is not accepted. I wonder what we would do if we dropped doing everything that we do that we don't love. We're quiet today. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. What was it in that letter to the Ephesian church? I've got somewhat against you. You're straight on the doctrine. You've tried them that say they're apostles. Uh, you've labored. You've had patience and all of those things. But I've got somewhat against you. You have left what? First, love. You didn't lose it. You left it. What's the difference? There's a big difference between losing your husband and leaving him. Someone says that I lost my husband. You're 
filled with grief. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. But if you say, I kicked the old cord out, we split. Something else happened. Hallelujah. Oh, this morning, God, some way bring us back to that first love. I'll let the love of God be shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost. That our service, our work, our labor uh, will be that that's done, inspired, and motivated by love. Hallelujah. Praise God. I just want something down on the inside of me that just manufactures hallelujahs and glory to God. Love there set abroad in my heart. Praise God. All right, then, the service that is acceptable... It's the service that is rendered with a spiritual attitude in the realm of spirituality. Praise God. Uh, he mentions one place proving what is acceptable to the Lord. One translation says finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. Hallelujah. I think we'll know more about that if, if some way we can learn to just run with Jesus. Hallelujah. I've been living with the same wife for a little past 31 years. And uh, I have found out just a little bit some of those things that, that kind of gets her a special favor, her, that just kind of pleases her. Uh, she likes her birthday remembered. Uh, she likes uh, February the 5th. That's kind of a special day. We got married February the 5th, uh, uh, 1950. She, she don't want me to forget that day. Praise God. Uh, she likes little gifts and little things, uh, uh, words. Hallelujah. Uh, well, after living for God, we ought to find some of those things uh, uh, that pleases Him. God wants somebody that pleases Him. Praise God. Uh, let's look at the negative things first. I have found this out. Gossip, talebearing, strife. Quarrels, bickerings, buildings, fightings, envy, strife, jealousies, church straggling does not please him. Amen. Praise God. Half-heartedness, lukewarmness, praise God. Unfaithfulness does not please him. I, I just learned that. Praise God. I I've learned that rebellion, that pride, that stubbornness I just does not gain his faith. Praise God. Hallelujah. I just learned that. Praise God. But I've learned some other things. I have learned that dedication does. I've learned that consecration does. I've learned that devotion does. I've learned that real Holy Ghost spiritual worship does. I've learned that a willing obedience does. David said, Thou desirest truth in the inward parts. I I've learned that God loves truthfulness. God loves honesty. God loves sincerity. He hates a liar. He can't stand a hypocrite. Praise God. I have found that patience pleases him. I have found that meekness pleases him. I have found that being subject one to another in the fear of God pleases him. I have found those that raise up 
and sort of put themselves up and raise up. That does not please God. Uh, it pleases God to be meek, uh, to be lowly, uh, to be small, uh, to be humble. Praise God. It doesn't really please God to want to kind of take the front, you know, and be up before everybody. And I saw young preachers come to a fellowship meeting and kind of get up on the front seat and start to start thumbing through the Bible. I'd rather kind of get back down there somewhere and kind of hide myself and then wait for the pastor or the presbyter or someone to, Brother Munchie, would you come to the platform? Praise God. I'd rather be asked to come up than be asked to go down. Praise God. I found this out about God. You put yourself up, God puts you down. Or you put yourself down, or God will put you up. Hallelujah. Uh, just some things I've learned about this God that pleases Him. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Uh, one time years ago, we were at a fellowship meeting in Tulare, California. Brother Terry was our presbyter then. And I, I never wanted to preach, I don't think so bad, in all my life. And uh, uh, he turned around and, and he said, who's got it? I felt I had it, but I wasn't about to say that I had it. I wasn't about to grab my Bible, Brother Terry, I've got it. I kind of bowed down over there behind Brother Somebody. After a while he said, Brother Muncie, Hallelujah. Praise God. You start putting yourself up. A young preacher, God will start putting you you're down. Hallelujah. You go home feeling bad because you wasn't asked to preach. Uh, you won't be asked the next time. I'm here to tell you, I've never had the preacher's itch. I think I saw a few cases of it. I've heard somebody say, I, I, I like to do a little scratching. Somebody might let you scratch out there somewhere all by yourself. Please, it's God to be humble, meek, and lowly. Hallelujah. Just things that pleases Him. Small in your own sight. Not to think more highly of yourself than you ought. I've heard folks say, I know I can preach better than Him. <laughs> that still might not be very good. Preacher Brother Monte. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I have found out that it pays to honor all men. There's things that I, the, the service that's acceptable. I've just found out that it pays. Presbyter, fellow minister, superintendent, just little pastor of a little handful of folks in some kind of a little a storefront place somewhere. Just fine. Dear God, I don't know what all kind of honky-tonks and dances and roller skating rinks and what all's going on in this place, but right now it's the house of God. You see, there was a time in the economy of God where the place sanctified the people, but God, he changed that over here on this side of Calvary. The people sanctify the place. Hallelujah. And because we're the people of the name, and we come together in that lovely name, uh, we put up a pulpit, we open a Bible, uh, we come in His name, and suddenly it's the house of God. Hallelujah. 
God. Hallelujah. I can't wear a hat in the house of God. I've saw ministers do it. There's something about when I step in that door, it has to come off. There's just that holy regard, reverence, and respect. Being rude and rash and unkind and discourteous is a way that doesn't gain his favor. Everybody said, praise the Lord. Now, he said the kingdom of God is not meat and a drink. It's not in whether you drink coffee or don't drink coffee, or you drink tea or you don't drink tea, or you drink Pepsi or you don't. We got these Jehovah Witness folks going around. They're talking about the kingdom, talking about the kingdom. They don't know anything more about the kingdom of God is than the man the moon does. Hallelujah. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom. Except a man be born of the water and the spirit of God, he cannot enter the kingdom. Except a man be born again, he cannot see it. That's right. I, you know what the kingdom of God is? It's the rule of God. It is the domain of God. It is the sphere over which God is king, lord, and sovereign. It's realized in the church, in the sphere of the spirit today, in the next age, it will be literal, visible, and real. Whenever his kingdom and rule is set over the kingdoms of men in this world, but today he's ruling in our heart. The kingdom of God comes not with observation. The kingdom of God is in you. It's in the sphere of the Spirit. In that domain where God is supreme. God is king. Hallelujah. My God, whoever's president, whatever laws they enact, God's going to have a bunch of people that are subject to the laws of His kingdom. Hallelujah. So it's the rule of God. It's the domain of God. Hallelujah. We are in a spiritual kingdom. We're receiving one that's never going to be moved. That's never going to end. Hallelujah. Since that we have that, we're to serve him with reverence, acceptably. Praise God. And he outlines here about serving him acceptably. It's not in uh, refraining from coffee or tea or meat or, or some kind of something else. Praise God. No, no, it goes deeper than that. We got folks going around, if you keep a certain day, praise God, you better keep every day right. You better remember Monday to keep it holy. Now you better think about God on Tuesday. Now you better have the victory on Wednesday. You better stay saved all week long. My God, you, you, you got to stay in the spirit all week long. God. You see, this Christian life, this experience in the kingdom of God, in this spiritual domain, this spiritual realm over which God is king, it's a higher thing than just coffee and tea and pork and Saturday. Praise God. Hallelujah. It's deeper and fuller. Praise God. Hallelujah. God's more concerned about you having a full soul than he is a full stomach. 
God's more concerned about how you eat the Word of God than whether you eat meat or not. Hallelujah. God's more concerned how you live all week long than what day you go to church on. All right. He that serves Christ with righteousness. Everybody said righteousness. Blessed are they that hunger and thirst after what? For what? They shall be filled. Hallelujah. Oh, God, just to be right. That involves the whole of me. That involves the way that I treat my wife. That involves the way that I treat my sons. That involves the way that I treat my neighbor. That involves the way that I treat my creditor. The waitress in the restaurant. The teller in the bank. The clerk at the grocery store. The way that I treat the saints. The way that I treat my fellow minister. God, just let me do the right thing. Let me have the right attitude. Let me have the right spirit. Let me serve you, God, in righteousness. Hallelujah. Praise God. Blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Notice negatively what he did not say. He didn't say, blessed are they that go to church every Sunday, for they shall be filled. You can go to church every Sunday from now till Jesus comes and never get filled. Praise God. Ah. Then say, blessed are they that intend to do better, for they shall be filled. You can be intending to do better and do different from now on and never get filled. There's just something about when a person begins to hunger and thirst after the righteousness of God. David understood that. He had a concept on things that many of his peers and colleagues of his day never had. He said the sacrifices of God are a broken heart and a contrite spirit. Oh God, thou wilt not despise. Hallelujah. If just bullocks and sacrifices, if that's all God you wanted, David said, I would have brought it. If just coming to church on Sunday and paying tithes, if that's all it involved, uh, we could make it. But when it's being right in my heart and right in my spirit and right in my words uh, and right in my living, God, you're going to have to create in me a clean heart and renew in me a right spirit. You're going to have God to do a work in me that I can serve you in righteousness. It's been my privilege to be in quite a number of homes. And I saw the way that some men spoke to their wives and the way they spoke to their children. And it just almost made me shudder. The way that maybe some men kind of bawled the saints out. They must have been in their own spirit. I'm sure it wasn't the Spirit of God. Oh, God. It's a righteousness and a peace and a joy that has to be in the sphere of the Holy Ghost. You see, it has to be a spiritual righteousness. It has to be a spiritual holiness. It has to be inward, of heart, of spirit, of mind, of attitude. Praise God. A conduct that's right, a deportment that's right, dealings that are right. Somebody made me shudder not very long ago. I guess some people do it. We were buying a van. Somebody said, uh, why don't you just give them this price and make the rest of it a donation? It really disappointed me when he told me that. 
He would want me to cheat on my conscience to save a few bucks. Sales tax when I went to have the title changed. But dollars just don't mean. Amen? I'd rather just pay the few dollars. When they said, how much did you pay for it? I don't think they'd buy it and say, well, I paid this much and gave this much as a donation. Everybody said, praise the Lord. Charge you nothing for that. Let me tell you this about righteousness this morning, church. You can't be right with God and wrong with your brother. You can't be right with God and wrong with the church. You can't be right with God and wrong with your pastor. Praise God. Oh, no. You church floaters, you don't leave Kalamazoo wrong and wind up in Timbuktu right. I'm going to say that again. You church floaters, you don't leave Kalamazoo wrong and wind up in Timbuktu, right? You don't leave Kalamazoo with a bad, sorry, no-count spirit and rebellion and wind up all right somewhere else. You better rectify yourself. You better take a long, hard look at your soul and your spirit and your attitude and say, God, make me right. This is good preaching, Brother Munch. You said it was. <laughs> Hallelujah. No, you can't be right with God and wrong with your brother. You can't be right with God and wrong with the church. Did you know that our relationship with God correlates? It just goes right along with our relationship one with another. How can you love God whom you have not seen if you don't love your brother whom you have seen? You answer that in your own mind. God asks you the question. Praise God. Hallelujah. He said when you bring your gift to the altar, there remember that your brother has ought. That simply means anything. And the three things he mentions is angry without a cause. Saying to your brother, Reka, are thou fool? You get mad and nasty and snotty and sarcastic and give, break it off in somebody and then you come and try to shout, you better go back and apologize for the nasty, sorry, no-count spirit you're manifesting. Praise God. You hear me, fellow minister today? You better not come before the district board and get in there and snotty and smart aleck and, and angry and, and manifest a bad spirit in there. Praise God. What he said? Just leave that shouting. Just leave that running the aisle. Just leave that dancing in the spirit and that hooping and hollering. Just leave. It'll be there when you get back. Hallelujah. You go back and get right with your brother. Go back and get all that fixed up. Go back and get all that bitterness and malice out of your heart. I go back and fix about all them bad words you said and all those things you've been talking about. And then you come back and you got a right to shout. I never cease to marvel at how the Word of God is construed and put together. It is the most wonderful book in all the world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. 
In the Old Testament, one is coming. Hallelujah. The scepters shall not depart from Judah, nor the lawgiver from between his feet until Shiloh come, the rest bringer, the rest giver. Moses said, A prophet shall the Lord your God raise up like unto me, and him shall you hear. One is coming. Hallelujah. Unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. His name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. One is coming. Malachi closes it out with a prophecy that the Son of Righteousness will rise with healing in his wings. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. My God, the Lamb is typified. The Lamb is prophesied. Hallelujah. The Lamb is slain in blood applied. The Lamb is personified. But we step over into the New Testament, and the Lamb is identified. Praise God. And we step over in Revelation. He's magnified and glorified. Hallelujah. In Matthew, he's king. In Mark, he's servant. In Luke, he's man. In John, he's God. Hallelujah. In the Old Testament, he's coming. In the Gospels, he's, uh, he's here. In the Acts, he's living. In the Epistles, he's coming again. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Here, John, he closes out his beautiful gospel. He, he gives that prologue, that thesis of Jesus Christ in those first 18 verses of the first chapter of John. And then he chooses a selection of signs of eight, beginning with the turning of the water into wine and the raising of Lazarus and then the post-resurrection miracle of the miraculous draught of fishes to prove that Jesus was who he said he was. And said... There's many other things we could write. If we wrote everything that could be written, I suppose the world itself couldn't contain the books. But he said, these are written that you might believe and that believing you might have life through his name. Hallelujah. These are written that you might believe. I notice eight signs. The number eight comes in the Hebrew word, shamani, which means more than enough. Praise God. He didn't choose just enough. It's more than enough. Hallelujah. In the turning of the water into wine, uh, he gave us something about his economy. You save the best for the last. Every man would have given the best first. That's what every man would have done. But our God saved the best for the last. And it's getting better all the time. And richer all the time. I'm going to tell you today the best is about to happen yet. Oh, I'm just excited this morning. But after he writes this beautiful gospel, gives us more than enough, he writes three little short epistles. And the first epistle is that you may know. The gospel that you may believe. The epistle that you may know. Some 14 times these words that you may know or hereby we perceive are the equivalent is found through those little five verses or five chapters of the epistle of 1 John. 
He called them liars right and left. He was the apostle of love. Hallelujah. He didn't miss any words when he... <laughs> liars, truth's not in them. You talk about straight-laced. But he didn't say that we know that we have passed some death in the light because that we run the aisles. He didn't say we know that we have passed some death in the light because we jump up and down and dance in the Spirit. No, we know that we have passed some death unto life because we love the brethren. Righteousness. My God. In the presence of God, Isaiah of old said, Lord, I'm undone. I'm a man of unclean lips. Let none of us say that we're purged through and through until we've been purged from unclean lips. I'm the master of my unsaid words but I'm a slave and servant to those that I said. He that serves Christ in these things. And then he mentions peace. Well, we'll kick up our heels and shout up and down without holiness. No man shall see the Lord. We'll sometimes get on the poor old lady folks about their hair and dresses. And I guess we should. But he said, follow peace and holiness with all men, without which no man. Are you following peace? Are you seeking peace? Are you ensuing peace? The fruits of righteousness are sown in peace of them that make peace. Jesus said, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. I have had all my life an abhorrence for strife. I was born into a home that I heard it day in and day out. I lived for the day that I could get away from it. I got so tired of it. One day I found the Prince of Peace. I kind of think that he said, blessed are the peacemakers, not the strife peddlers or the rabble-rousers or the troublemakers. You hear me this morning, if you are a troublemaker around your church, that is a thing that is devilish, it's hellish, it's sensual, it's not from above, it's from below, it's whirly, wrong. And you will never serve Christ acceptably, stirring up strife and trouble arguing and contention around the church or outside the church. Praise God. And I said, brethren, this is one preacher that will loggerhead with no other preacher. Not going to loggerhead with no preacher in the district or the section or anywhere else. It is below your dignity as a minister. It's below your dignity as a man of God for you to live in such an inconsistent way. Praise the Lord, everybody. I have heard fellow ministers make hard statements against another minister. I've heard them call them snake in the weeds. I shudder. My God, they have to answer for those things. They have to answer for those things. Free God. No, let me suffer the wrong. Peter said if we would love life and see good days. What did he say? Let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no God. And let him seek peace and ensue. Praise God. And then he said with joy. Serve the Lord with gladness. Hallelujah. Delight yourself in the Lord and He'll give you the desires of the heart. God wants somebody that will find pleasure, that will find it a thrill and a joy, and it is that way in serving Him. Hallelujah. My God. Hallelujah. He's just too real, isn't He? Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Joy of the Lord is our strength. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Jesus said, I have spoken these things unto you that your joy might be full and that it might remain. Hallelujah. Praise God.
I hate to see folks come to church, no joy. I like to see folks get the Holy Ghost. I like to hear those first words, but then I like to see that joy change their countenance and their expression. Hallelujah. Praise God. You'll meet some folks in life, it seems like one day they're on top of the world, the next day the world's on top of them. Hallelujah. You see me tomorrow. I won't. By the help of God, you just see me with the joy of the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Could we raise our hands and love the Lord?